I want to talk about a topic. It's not often discussed uh, within church circles. I, I do believe it is biblical, um, and I think that it's very, very important. And that topic is the body. And when I say the body, uh, I'm not talking about the church body, while that is very important. Uh, but talking about our physical bodies, the flesh that God has given to us, the same flesh that he himself roamed himself in, uh, looking specifically at what it means to be a good steward of the body and how it is not only good for our physical well-being, but also for our mental and our spiritual well-being as well. But before we get into that, uh, I want us to take a second. We're going to pray. It's really easy when it's cold when everybody's sick on a Wednesday night, we come in and, and we're all scattered. Um, it feels like we're just coming in. We check off the, the little box on our calendar. We went to Wednesday night service and that was it. But let's pray uh, that God would speak to us tonight. God, we love you. Thank you for an opportunity to be here in your presence, Lord. I pray that you will anoint our ears, that you will anoint our, our hearts, anoint our minds, God, that there would be a spirit of focus, God, and that we would leave this place uh, with more knowledge and that we would leave this place differently than how we were whenever we came in. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try to open this. Last time I was up here, I tried to open this one-handed, and it was a disaster. And instead of laughing at the awkward situation, you guys all just stared at me while I fumbled around with the water cap. So I'm glad uh, that that did not happen. And if I do something awkward, I'll, I'll be completely transparent. The youth, they know this. I have, like, voice cracks all the time. And I do or say awkward things. It makes it ten times worse if you just like stare at me and pretend that you didn't catch it. I know that you all caught it. I know that you all heard it. So just laugh. Laugh with me. Laugh at me. Whatever you have to do. Um, and maybe we'll get out of here at a, at a reasonable time. Um, but getting started. Is there anybody in here that is a fan of podcasts? Or that listen to podcasts uh, on a regular basis? Okay. A few of us. Uh, it's something that I've started to get a little bit more into. Um, and there's one particular podcast that I try to listen to from time to time, um, especially whenever we're traveling. And last week, as we were driving down to Columbus, um, Kaylee had brought her laptop with her. She was doing a little bit of training for work and listening to people talk, and I didn't want to listen to it. So I put in a head, my headphones and uh, started listening to this podcast. And this podcast is called the Restorationist. And it's actually a podcast hosted uh, by pastor and evangelist Adam Shaw. And the youth that are here, if you were at HYC last year, he actually led our day sessions at Holiday Youth Convention. And this, this podcast, it is all about leadership and what it means to be a leader, how to become a better leader. I would highly recommend it to anyone, um, to anyone even if you're not a leader, but especially those who are in leadership or who feel called um, and have a desire to not just lead, but lead well, um, I highly encourage you guys to check it out. It is a very, very good podcast, dives into a number of topics. But in this particular episode that I listened to, he was beginning on a new series called um, Health. I think he had a fancier word for it, but it was all about um, health and how prioritizing the health of our physical body will allow us to become better leaders and allow us to become better disciples for Christ. And the episode is fascinating. If you get a chance to check it out, um, I highly recommend it. It's on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I believe it's on Spotify, um, a couple other platforms. But in the, the whole series is good, but the first episode specifically 
uh, he brings a guy on with him. His name is Dr. Braden Anderson. And Dr. Braden Anderson, he is a primary care physician and an evangelist as well. So his schedule is very, very busy. At one point in the podcast, he mentions, uh, I think last year he said he was home two Sundays out of the entire year. So he's a very, very busy guy. Um, and he provides care for apostolic missionaries and ministers from all over the globe. Right? So he knows what he's talking about. And throughout the episode, they discuss topics regarding physical and mental health and how we, and we'll be honest, they're very honest in the uh, podcast, so we'll be honest here tonight, how specifically apostolics, we tend to neglect this area of our lives, right? And also how um, we can address these challenges and better ourselves so that we can better serve the kingdom. Because that's what it's all about, right? It is about serving the kingdom and creating disciples. So tonight, I'm going to pull a little bit from their conversation uh, as well as diving into a couple of biblical principles um, as well. But the first question we need to answer when looking at stewardship of the body is what is stewardship, right? What does it mean to be a good steward? Merriam-Webster's uh, dictionary defines stewardship as the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. From a biblical perspective, Christian stewardship refers to the responsibility that Christians have in maintaining and using wisely the gifts that God has bestowed upon them. So to put it as simple as possible, stewardship is carefully managing and caring for the things that God has entrusted us with. And now when we think of stewardship, right, there's a couple of things that typically uh, come to mind. Maybe we think of time. We think of finances, right? We know that we should be good stewards of our time, that God has given us very limited time on this earth. Uh, we know and believe that there's no promise of tomorrow. And because of this, we shouldn't be slothful. We shouldn't be lazy um, or grow complacent, but to be a good steward and make the most of this time we have on this earth. Finances, that's another one that's super, super easy, Right, God's blessed us with a job. He's blessed us with our paycheck. That money that we get every two weeks, it was never ours to begin with anyways. Um, that God has given it to us, so we should give it back to him and to furthering his kingdom and not be greedy and all of that good stuff. Right? That's, that's simple. We, we got that. But what about our physical bodies? Is our body, is it something that God has graciously given to us or is it, is it just mine? Is it my own thing? And that'll bring us to our first passage, looking at 1 Corinthians 6 uh, and verse 15. It answers it right off the bat. It says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Verse 19 through 20, it says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. So very clearly, the scripture answers that question for us and that answer is no. Right? Our, our body is not our own. This is not my body, but that my body is in fact a member of Christ himself. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if that is the case, then I should be doing everything that I can 
to properly care for what has been given to me by God in order to accomplish his will. So what does it mean to be a good steward of the body? We have to take care of the temple that God has given us. And some of these things are easy, right? We know um, that smoking over long periods of time, it's not good. It, It damages our lungs, all of that good stuff. We know that we shouldn't drink and consuming large amounts of alcohol over time that leads to liver complications, um, all of that stuff. And that's pretty easy. That's backed by science. We can look at that and we can say, okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that um, in excess. Uh, but what about the other things, right, that our bodies consume? Should we concern ourselves with the food that we take in? Should we concern ourselves with the drink that we take in? And I believe from a biblical standpoint, not just a health standpoint, right? I'm not the PE teacher that's just up here talking to you about health today. I'm talking to you from a biblical perspective. And I believe that that answer is yes. Proverbs 23 verses 20 through 21, it says, do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves with meat for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. And I also want to take a, uh, a second to point out the irony and that this is the week after Thanksgiving, um, which is the holiday that we, we literally, it's centered around thankfulness, right? But it's also how much turkey and mashed potatoes can I eat within a 24-hour period without people judging me. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that one or two days out of the year um, celebrating the holidays, eating a couple deviled eggs. Amen, Kaylee. <laughs> eating a couple deviled eggs. Um, the backstory behind that is I have a, it's an unhealthy obsession with deviled eggs, and I only eat them like once a year. And we found out at her mom's Thanksgiving that nobody had volunteered to make deviled eggs. So I was like, okay, well, let's make deviled eggs. So we made deviled eggs, and uh, they didn't all fit in the container that we had for them. So we had. I think it was like nine that was left over. So the logical solution was to eat all nine of the deviled eggs. That was on Wednesday night. And then uh, Thursday, ate more deviled eggs. And then we had Thanksgiving again on Saturday with my family, which nobody had volunteered to bring deviled eggs that day either. So I see a problem. I provide a solution. And I made deviled eggs. And I think the, the running total by the end of the weekend was uh, 29 deviled eggs that I had eaten. So, um, so I'm not up here telling you I am perfect in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> that is, that's uh, what that is all about, right? Um, but it's okay to treat ourselves every now and then, right? It's okay to treat ourselves uh, with a burger. It's okay to treat ourselves with Taco Bell from time to time. But what we see in this scripture is that it is unwise to partake in these types of eating habits consistently. If we ate like we did on Thanksgiving every single day, could we see where that would maybe be a problem, right? And it leads to a host of other problems. That's not being a good steward of our time. It's not being a good steward of our finances, and it's not being a good steward of our body in any way, shape, or form, right? It's not uplifting to the temple that God has entrusted us with. And I know that this is hard. This is a very, very, like, it's a hard concept. It's not a fun thing to talk about, Uh, especially in our church culture, right? Um, Christians and apostolics specifically, again, we're going to be honest tonight, um, we're kind of known for our food culture from time to time, right? Uh, Before service even starts on a Sunday, we probably know where we're going to eat afterwards. 
Um, same thing, guilty of it too. I talked to Kaylee like on the way to church. I'm like, what are we going to eat after church? She's like, we haven't even got there yet. We're like, I just ate breakfast. How are you thinking what we're going to eat already? Um, so I'm guilty of it too, but growing up in this, or if you've been in church uh, for a long period of time, that's what you do, right? You either uh, go out to eat after church and you order something at a restaurant that you typically wouldn't eat at home, um, or you drive through somewhere quick because you're physically and you're emotionally drained from Sunday services um, and you don't feel like cooking when you get home, or your church has a giant potluck dinner and everybody brings in a bunch of food um, and you have to try all of them, unless you're Josh, then you'll just eat the bread. Um, and when I was younger, this was something, uh, when my dad first started pastoring, uh, the church that we went to, and this kind of like prefaces, you know, the whole thing that we did, uh, it was called the Old Country Church whenever we first got there. Like it sounded like a fried chicken place. It did not sound like a church. It sounded like a restaurant, the Old Country Church. And one thing that they did was any time that there was a fifth Sunday in the month, we had a special dinner. Literally for no other reason other than it's just like it was the fifth Sunday, so we're going to have a special dinner. Or if there was a holiday, or if there was an elder's birthday, or if there was just anything to celebrate at all, we had a dinner, right? And it was good. We, we would have buckets of chicken. We've had mac and cheese, desserts, all the good stuff. And if you were the pastor's kid who got to go home with all the leftovers, us. So that, then that's what you would eat for like Monday and Tuesday until you got tired of it. Right, so it, it was part of our culture. Right, it's part of church culture. But going back to the podcast, Dr. Anderson, who again is a church guy, right? He references that very thing, apostolic culture in regards to health. He talked about how early on in his career he's done. Two, he's had two different jobs. First off, he uh, worked in an emergency room, and then he was a primary care physician. And he said when he worked in the emergency room, he said that when apostolic people would come through those doors, he said they were more comfortable than any other group of people in the emergency room. And he had a couple different reasons for that. But he said the main thing that he attributed that to was that they had faith that they were going to be healed, right? They believed in healing. And that's good. We, we should believe in that. But then he transfers over to a primary care physician, right? The guy that gives you your checkups, the guy that tells you the bad news that says, hey, you should stop doing this or you're going to end up in the ER. And he says there is a drastic difference in how we come into, um, into that environment versus into the emergency room, right? And he said this is because we are a lot more reactive with our health rather than we are proactive with our health, right? And uh, that we would rather have faith that God is going to take care of our need, and, and he does, and he will, and we pray for it. We absolutely do pray for it. Um, but instead of, we would rather do that rather than actively work to provide a solution to the problem before it starts, right? And again, this is all coming from an apostolic evangelist point of view. So if you get mad, don't get mad at me, get mad at him. He's the doctor. I'm just the messenger relaying um, what I heard, all right? And we do believe in the power of prayer, right? I'm not diminishing that in any way, shape, or form. But he goes on to say that a lot of times whenever we ask for prayer for certain things, not all the time, but a lot of time, when we ask for prayer for certain problems, they're sometimes problems that we could have prevented, right? And that's what stewardship is about. And that goes beyond just stewardship of the body, right? But we go into a church service or we go into our prayer closet and we ask God to fix these issues that we caused right? That's not stewardship, right? That is being 
reactive. That's not being proactive. Being a good steward is not doing whatever we want and then coming to God, asking him to fix the situation whenever we were negligent uh, with what was given to us, right? Because we didn't take care of the thing that was given to us. Rather, being a good steward is saying, I'm going to do everything I can to take the best care of this thing that has been given to me. It might not all be perfect, but in order for me to be effective in my life as a disciple, if I am going to be an effective disciple, I must have a handle on my entire dynamic of who I am as a person. That is why stewardship of the body is important. It's not so we can look good. It's not so they can be like, wow, those guys are in really good shape. It is so we can have a firm grasp on discipleship as a whole, right? Taking care of the body. And being good steward, it's also about increasing longevity. We were put on this earth for a purpose, or purposes. First purpose is our relationship with the king, right? That is the first purpose. And the second purpose is to lead as many other people as we can into relationship with the king as well. So why not live our lives, our physical lives, and make our day-to-day choices and the things that we consume centered around taking care of this body as long as I can? Right, for as long as possible. Our time on this earth is already short. We can't cut our witness any shorter. Right? It's already, the clock is already ticking. And Adam Shaw, the host of this podcast, uh, he shares a story uh, about halfway through the podcast. And it's more of a wake up call for him, uh, he says. But he's at a camp, he's preaching, he's at a youth camp, Friday night of a youth camp, so we all know how that is. Um, he says, service is great. You know, people are shouting, dancing. He said, I threw down. Um, Holy Ghost is moving. He said, but then he looks down at his Apple Watch. And if you have an Apple Watch, you know that it typically it keeps track of your heart rate um, as well as a number of different things. But his heart rate is hovering around 180 beats per minute. A healthy resting heart rate is about 60 to 70 beats per minute. Whenever I'm working out, that's typically I get around like the 160 range. So this is like dangerous levels. And he's very transparent, and he says that in that moment, it kind of hits him that he can't sit here 10 years down the road and ask God to heal him and give his body strength when he was not taking the time and not putting in the effort to care for his body on his own. We have to care for the bodies that God has given us. We have to care for the things that God has given us. This tool for evangelism, right, our physical body, typically we look at it, our physical body, and we talk about it as the negative thing, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, and it is. Our flesh is, it's the worst sometimes, right? But it's also given to us as a tool for what? For evangelism, right? Without this body, um, there is no communication. There's no me going out, talking to people, all of that stuff. It's been given to us for a reason, right? And then uh, this goes beyond the foods that we eat, right? Another thing that he moves into, um, it goes beyond the, the food, the physical activity, but it also includes the time that we take to rest, right? And this one, I, I feel like this one is sometimes harder than uh, what we eat because you can go like really, really good for a while and be like, oh yeah, like I'm going to eat lettuce for a week and that'll be good, Um which I never do. Kaylee made a face. I don't just eat lettuce. I wish, actually, no, I don't wish I could. That'd be horrible. That's for rabbits. I don't do that. Um, But he talks about rest, 
right? And according to Dr. Anderson, he says there are two types of people who fit heart attack criteria. This is what they're taught in medical school that fit this massive heart attack criteria. He said, first are the ones who smoke, drink, extremely overweight, don't care for their body whatsoever. Um, Obviously, they're at high risk, right? We we know that. He says the other person is the one who looks healthy, has a high-pressure job, They never sleep. They eat whatever they can, whenever they can, and they never take any time uh, to care for their physical body. Both are equally susceptible to severe heart attacks. If not the latter being... There was the voice crack. See? If not the latter being even more likely to suffer from a major heart attack. Our bodies, they need rest. If you're not going to say amen about anything else, that's the thing. Amen, right? We need rest. It's biblical to rest. It's biblical to sleep, right? God himself did it, right? On the seventh day, what did he do? He rested, right? Don't get so caught up in Western society that tells you that if you're not constantly planning, doing, or finishing up something, then you are not doing enough, right? Don't be lazy. We don't want that, and the Bible teaches on that, but... Don't be afraid to rest, right? It's biblical. Take some time to rest. It's good for your mental health. It's good for your spiritual health, and it's good for your physical health as well. God has called us to reach the world. That's what it all comes down to. We're called to reach the world, and you're going to do this if you take the best course of action, and you do to the best of your ability to give your body the proper nutrients, the adequate amounts of rest Um, in order to make that happen. Imagine if your decisions that you made today and your list of decisions on and on and on going forward, if those decisions allowed you to squeeze out another five years out of your life. Think of how much more you could do for the kingdom with five more years, right? How many times have you um, heard that with somebody on their deathbed? They're like, oh, I wish I could have had more time. Wish I could have, you know, won more people to the Lord. Being a good steward, not in every case, right, but being a good steward that allows us to be able to squeeze out as much of the life that we can on this earth to reach the lost. And we'll transition now. I'm still talking about the body, but we're going to focus on one particular part of the body. And what is the most important organ in the body? If you were to guess, what would we say? Damien, what do you think? What's the most important organ in the body? Yes, you, Damien. That's close. Our brain. Right? Our brain is just an organ like every other part of the body. Right? Obviously, it's very, very important. um, But it is still part of the body. The brain, it controls uh, and it coordinates actions and reactions. It allows us to think. It allows us to feel It enables us to have memories and feelings and all of the things that makes us human, right? It's found within the brain. Romans 12 and 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test, approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if we're going to be truly good stewards of our bodies, right, the whole body, then we need to also be good stewards of the mind. We need to look at the brain. How do we be good stewards of the mind? And I think there's a couple different ways. One, we guard it. 
right? Stewards treat their mind as a precious gift that has been given to us, right? Because it is, right? If you really study, uh, I minored in psychology, so I know a little bit about the brain, not a ton. But if you like really sit down and study the brain and how the brain works and how it's affected by different things, it's crazy. And we think about the fact that God just breathed breath of life into us. And here we go. We have all of that. It's so fascinating. But we we treat this gift and we guard this gift like it was our own child, right? And a good steward, they're going to have very clear rules and regulations as to what's going to be let in and what's going to be kept out of the mind. What influences are we allowing to speak into our minds? What things are we putting in front of our eyes? The window to the mind. What do we put before us? If we're going to be a good steward, we have to protect our mind and we have to protect our thoughts. Second thing, if we're going to be a good steward of the mind, is we constantly feed it with good things. The same way that we should feed the rest of our body with good things, we should feed our body with healthy foods, we should only allow the cleanest things into our minds so that it may grow. Philippians 4 and 8 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does it say? Think about such things, right? So we need to ask ourselves, are are we thinking on these things? Are we thinking of the things that are noble? Are we thinking of the things that are right? Are we thinking of these righteous things? Are they praiseworthy? Are we spending time in the word, right? Are we thinking about things that will encourage or discourage our walk with God? Stewardship is about exercising and growing our mind, not isolating it, right? And we'll talk a little bit about isolation uh, in a second. And we know that the mind is a complex thing, right? It, it is super, super complex. complex. It's fascinating. Um, thankfully, it's something that the church as a whole, we're beginning to do um, a much better job of, of talking about it. And while sometimes mental and spiritual health are correlated, and they talk about that in the podcast, it doesn't mean that if one is perfect, that the other will be as well, and vice versa, right? They're not dependent on each other. So just because, and I'll pause right here, right? This is just a little um, tidbit, whatever you want to think of it. Uh, Just because you struggle with a mental illness, it does not mean that you are any less worthy. It does not mean that you are any less of a Christian. It means that you are human, right? The brain, it's just like any other part of the body. If you had a broken arm, what would you do? You would go to the doctor. Would you be ashamed about it? Depending on how you broke your arm, maybe. But you would go and you would get it fixed, right? And if you'd walk around and people would say, oh, how'd you break your arm? And you would talk about your broken arm. If you had a sore throat or a cough, are you going to go get help? Absolutely. You're going to go to a doctor, right, and get the proper medication to make it better. The brain is no different. You are not spiritually weak. You do not have a demon, hopefully. You are human, right? Mental, uh, mental illnesses do not correlate with a bad spiritual walk. Do, do we got that? Is that okay? I know you guys knew that already, but it's just good to, good to say it, right? But we believe, uh, we believe that our God is bigger, right? And illnesses such as anxiety and depression, they, they do. They run rampant through the minds of people in this day and age. Um, partly, actually, I'll, that's getting ahead of myself. So I won't get into that yet. Um, but it, it does. It runs rampant through our teenagers, through our adults, through even young kids. I, I teach middle school now, and I have sixth graders that they'll talk about anxiety and depression. And I'm like, when I was in sixth grade, I would have never even 
would have never even thought about it. Like, I was just like, oh, I'm a kid. Things are fun. I don't have to pay bills or anything like that. I just do, and then that's it. But it is, it's such a problem, and even within the church, it is an issue. Anxiety and depression, they're far more prevalent than you could ever know among both members and among leaders, right? But we do. We believe our God is bigger. Philippians chapter 4, again, looking at verses 6 and 7, says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you are struggling with anxiousness or depression, we serve a God who welcomes it, right? He doesn't shy away from it. He's not afraid of it. Rather, he says, give it to me, let me have it, and I will give you peace. Day in and day out, if we cast our cares upon him, then I believe day in and day out, he will give us the strength to continue to carry on. Through prayer and through his blood, we are made whole. But again, if we're going to be a good steward, we need to be proactive, right? Not just reactive. So what else can we do? Sometimes I tell the youth, it's a pet peeve of mine whenever people will come up and they'll preach and they'll, it'll, it'll be of God, it'll be powerful, and, but then they don't give you any like practical steps. And then you walk out of the church and you're like, oh, that was really good, but I don't know what to do now. Like that's just, that's it, right? So some practical steps we can take to improve our mental health and better equip us to minister effectively, to better be stewards of our mind. And these were some of the tips that were given by Dr. Anderson in that podcast. Um, I didn't share all of them, but some of the, the core ones I wanted to share because I do think that they're, they're very, very good. And the very first one, we already talked about it, get sleep. He says that whenever he worked in the emergency room, whenever they would have people come in um, that had, were going through a manic episode or something of that nature, their like, primary thing that they would do, they just put them to sleep. Right? They just make sure that they sleep, and he said nine times out of ten, they wake up a completely different person. Right? So that's the first one for our mental health. Get adequate sleep. Right? Get adequate rest. Take that time uh, to recharge your body. The second thing is exercise. Right? Exercise is not just profitable for our physical health, but also for our mental health. Right? And not everybody knows this. This is something I didn't know until, again, I was uh, in college. But when we exercise endorphins and other chemicals are released from the brain into the body that allow us to feel good. In that moment, while you're working out, while you're doing burpees, it probably doesn't feel very good, right? Quite frankly, half the time it's terrible. But I promise you, after that is all over, you will recognize a physical difference, a mental difference in your body once that exercise uh, has been completed, right? Exercise is not just for aesthetics. It's not just uh, for our weight or just to look good, but it is equally as important for our mental health as well. The third one, moving into, those are more like physical, practical steps. The next ones are a little bit more spiritual, practical steps. And the third one is have an inner circle. Have an individual or a group of people who are willing to listen and who are willing to give you sound advice. Isolation, like we said before, isolation is a tool that will be used by the enemy to beat you down into submission until you feel like there is no way out of your current situation. Right? Have someone that can pick you up when you are down and vice versa. If you see somebody that's down, if you know somebody that's going through something, be the person to pick them up. 
right? Have that inner circle, have that group of people or that person, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a friend, whether it be a pastor, whatever it may be, have somebody that you can lean on, right? That's another way we can be a good steward. The fourth one, uh, another fourth practical step is assess what you are putting into your body. Be real with yourself. Another episode that he has in this podcast series, he talks about honesty and how it's most difficult to be honest with ourselves. Be honest with what we're putting into our body, if we're normally an anxious person, maybe a shot of espresso isn't the best thing in the world for us, right? Some people, we probably need it to get going um, to get going in the morning, but an energy drink, all of those things, if you're typically an a, uh, anxious person, just be smart, right? That it's some, a lot of times we over-spiritualize things, and we don't look at just like the practicality of everything. And that's one of the things that I wanted to focus on with all of this is just like, it's practical, right? Some of the stuff, obviously, we, we preach the spirit realm. We believe in that, all of that. But also, there's a little bit of work on our part as well, right? So be, be honest with ourselves. Uh, be honest with what we're putting into our body. Fifth thing, prayer and fasting. Our body is not our own. We need to recognize the need to take a break from media, food, and other distractions that are not necessarily bad, right? But they feed our flesh. That is it, right? They don't feed the spiritual body, right? Remember, our bodies are given by God. They are his temple. Sometimes what that temple needs is fasting uh, the things of the flesh and putting a greater emphasis on the things of God. And then number six This will be the last practical step, and I already talked about it a little bit, but lastly, we need to be in His Word. The best kind of daily bread, Josh, that you can get, more so than your typical daily bread, is being in the Word of God, right? If you want to be a good steward of your body, if you want to be a good steward of your mind, if you want to be a good steward of your your spiritual health, you need to feed it with the absolute best thing that there is, and that is His Word, feasting on His Word. Go ahead and stand with me. Um, I'll get you guys out of here. That way you can go out into, again, the frozen tundra. Um, But I I know that this is different. I know that this is not your typical Wednesday night uh, Bible study topic, but it is biblical. Right, And it's so, so important that we become good stewards of our bodies. If we are going to be effective in building disciples and building his kingdom, because that's what it's all about, we have to take care of what has been given to us. And again, know that nobody's perfect. I'm, I'm not up here a health guru. I'm not perfect. I struggle with these same things just like anybody else. But when we put our flesh under subjection to Jesus and to his will and recognize that none of this was my own anyways to begin with, that is whenever we begin to see great transformation in our spiritual, physical, and mental health. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so, so much for for this body that you've given us, Lord. We can't even begin to understand the the intricate work and the time and the care that you took into creating us. And we pray, Lord, that we can take this and that we can be good stewards of our body. God, not for our own physical well-being, while that is beneficial, God, but for our spiritual well-being and for the furtherment of your kingdom. We're so thankful for all that you do for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.